This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Hi, my name is Dave Baycroft. Hmm. And, and what would you say is your primary role in the Line Dance community? Oh. Well, that's a hard one straight away. Um, I mean, I like to think of myself as a DJ. I mean, that's probably the answer. I mean, what I do is because I like being a DJ, but, um, you know, it's evolved into other things. You know, I've got my class and I enjoy teaching teaching dance as, a, as an instructor and I enjoy running events as an event organiser. Um, but generally speaking, everything I do is geared towards me just, like, enjoying being a DJ, most of all, so... DJ is the answer to that. DJ. Okay. But I do all sorts of stuff, obviously, in dancing. Yeah. How did you get involved with uh, with the line dance scene? Oh, well, that goes way back. You know, 20 years or more ago when I was in America, just happened to see it um, in, in America and uh, in, a, in a bar, and a few people were dancing away, and I just took a fancy to it and liked the music, you know, the country music. and and then the rest is just history I guess you know we came home and found a class and I started learning took the family we went as a family um, to start with so um, you know my wife and my youngest daughter at the time and just went on from there my youngest daughter carried on to do competition dancing so that took us into a whole new sort of world on the competition scene with um, UCW DC and you know even ended up my me at one time DJing at Worlds you know like having followed her through you know through the competition side yeah so you know it was just a sort and wanted to do it type thing you know mm-hmm. yeah. and did you did you learn from anyone in particular about how to become a DJ or did you just kind of wing it well no I mean I, mean, I most definitely had a, a mentor and, and, I, and I, you know like I, when I've when I've been lucky enough to win the, the Crystal Boots for, for DJ of the Year, I've always, first of all, thanked Tim Rusker, um, who was definitely my mentor. He gave me my first break, so to speak, let me DJ some events when he was the DJ for Maggie Gallagher. And it was sort of the two of them, Maggie, you know, let me do it. He, he coached me. So it was right back in those early days that I was um, just, a, just a dancing friend of Maggie used to go to the events and I used to actually go to our class um, you know back in the early days and then our friendship evolved from there really and, and I used to be at the events and Tim brought me along to help do some of the DJ and Maggie gave me the opportunity and that side of it finally evolved into me helping run Maggie's events um, you know when the, the partner she had at the time moved out of line dancing um, you know, we sort of got together and, and I now run Maggie's events for her. Uh, well, we'll do it together, obviously, but I do the, the admin and the organisation. And, and um, yeah, so like it was Tim Ruska, you know, well, well from the beginning, taught us all I knew. And when I was uh, doing DJing for UC, WDC, he was at the time doing it and he helped me. With that, so I was, I was DJing on the on the competition side and on the social side, and uh, Tim Ruska was my mentor. Yeah. And beyond just play the requests and watch the room, what are some of the tips that he gave you that you would pass on to another DJ who might be trying to get into that now? Oh wow! Well, it's tips he gave me and things I've learned myself and from lots of other people. You know, um, 
I, I've got. A, I'm, I'm an accountant by by trade, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm a very uh, sort of you know numerical type person. I'm not an artist as such, you know. So I haven't got a flair for the artistic things and the feel for music and that sort of thing. So I like. To, I, I'm always trying to analyze everything and work out. Right. Okay. What do we have to do? How does it have to do? I try and make it very matter of a fact, you know. Um, so I'm always looking and observing and trying to work out how to do things. So it was Tim who gave me the the groundwork, and then after that, I used to take advice and learn things from other people everywhere I went, you know. Um, funnily enough, a few years ago, I, I, I wrote an article. It was a monthly article for the Line Dancer magazine at the time. It was like twelve articles. About about all such things, you know. About, it's almost like a guide to how to be a DJ, as I saw it. I mean, everybody does it differently, of course. Um, and I, and I, you know, I just picked up so many things, you know, like how to read the room and how to get requests and how to interact with people, you know, how to set things up, um, you know, how to play the music and and, and mix it between new and old and um, country and pop and try and balance it in the room and how to get that balance you know by looking at request slips or going around the tables or or just looking at the people or you know so but you know that bit of it it is pretty much an art you've just got to learn as you go really um but getting tips you know from people as you go you know for example what you know one of one of the things i do is i, I number the request slips on the tables I like it's no no big deal but the thing is when i get the requests coming to me from the tables there's a little number on the back so I know where they've come from mm. so I can I can sort them and I can know that you know the, the, those requests are from there and, and I can look around the room and if I see a table sat down I just go and look for that table number hidden on the back of a request now they don't know necessarily that, that I know that mm. but I know where they are and what they want that's a very small point and I don't claim that at all I, I learned that from somebody else and Andrew, Andrew Palmer like give, give me that little tip and I picked them up you know all over the place um, you know like the, the debate about um, counting in is a, is a good one for a DJ some DJs don't count in um, some do at first at first I I didn't count in and Tim Ruska didn't count in and, and, I, and I was happy with that but the more, more I observed um, you know the way the way it worked and the mess you get on the floor when when sometimes it isn't counted in not all the time but you know sometimes they know when to start sometimes they don't so I just decided myself well okay what we'll do here is I'm I'm gonna like learn the counting for all the dancers make sure I know the counting and I'm always gonna do it and this is what I figure I figure that like if you do the counting if they don't need the help well so what I mean it just means somebody's counting five six seven eight I mean it doesn't it, it doesn't spoil their enjoyment. But it helps the people who need the counting. So I just took the other view, which was right. I'm going to count in all the time, not not you know 90% of the time. Sometimes if you're trying to be in DJ mode and you just want to chuck the music and people have a good time, you know, you just and sometimes you you know it's easy where the where the start is. You know, everybody knows where the start for Lonely Drum is, so you know you you might not do it for, for that, but. Uh, but in a gen- as a general rule, yeah. Uh, but if you talk to other DJ- DJs, they, they won't do that, and you would have to just agree to differ. I just think, let's do it. You know, why not? Nothing to lose. It's just um, it's a lot of preparation work because for every every dance I get and collect the music, I make sure I know where the dance starts, and I've got a little record on my PC 
to see like how many introduction counts, what what how many seconds into the track it starts, so that I can you know make sure everybody starts in the right place. Well, it takes a lot, you know, it takes a lot of work, you know. Um, having the music's a big thing for me. Um, you know, when somebody comes and asks for something, like I set out to be able to play it, you know, and and I'm I'm always upset if somebody comes and asks me for something I don't have. I don't want to have to say I haven't got it. So that's another passion, if you like, of mine. I, I scan the charts and what's being released, and of course you can't get everything because it's just too much. But you try and take a view as to right, okay, there's there's a new dance by. You know, Kate Sala's a new dance by Rob Fowler, blah blah. You know, like, you know so I'm, I need to get that music because sooner or later somebody's going to ask me for it, and let's make sure I've got it. So I spend a lot of time making sure I've got all the music, making sure I know where the dances start. Um, you know, and that's just preparation work in the background that like nobody can see. Making sure it's all properly coded in my computer, so I'm not sort of scurrying around trying to find things I mean, I've got things filed by the name of the dance and etc um, you know so I spend a lot of time trying to be what I think professional in that respect to make sure you've got you're sat there with a good sound system good quality ready to play anything they ask for and then when you're there ready to do that you know making sure that everybody's happy so I, I always give myself the impossible task that's just enough, you know I'm not being sort of not not big-headed off that's not the right word but I, I always assume everybody's unhappy like and, and it spoils my life because I don't like sit on my laurels and think this is great everybody's okay I'm always thinking somebody in this room isn't happy let's keep looking look at the requests look at the room because somebody somewhere isn't getting exactly what they want and at the end of the day you want to try and make everybody go away ha- ha- happy of course you can't it's not possible that it isn't possible but I still, every time, even now, after all these years, that is still what I set out to do. So I'm always disappointed because, like, you know for a fact you can't, you can't do it. But it's a, that's more of a state of mind to make sure you're sharp and, you know, getting things ready beforehand and making sure you, you do it afterwards. It's just, that's, you know, that's how I do it. And that's the same sort of principles I take in when I'm organising an event you know you want everything to be right and thought of properly and ready in place but that all goes back to just me accounting days when I was a manager working for National Grid back in you know in the UK um, you just to have that disciplined managerial accounting mind and, I, and I, I use it still you know when I'm dancing when I'm DJing when I'm organising an event so I sort of maybe I do it a bit different to other people for that reason you know, whereas some people are just natural at it, aren't they? So it's like, that's what I meant by being that some of them are artists at what they do, and, and it just comes natural. Like splitting the floor, for example. You know, like if you if you like if you've got a track. I mean, I had to learn. I spent years learning the different rhythms of dances and, and trying to work out a system in my own analytical head about how do how do I make a dance fit something else? And like, if this music comes on, what fits to it? And I had to work really hard to try and break it down into a science almost. And that's how I did it. Every track that I that I play, I work out what the rhythm is so that I can then match it to something else. So, so if I know something's a cha-cha and it's 120 beats a minute, I know Islands in a Stream will go to it. Or, or I know that if it's a, um, you know, like a Walsh or a West Coast or, you know, like... I've always it just helps me work out 
more analytically because I can't you know when I when I see somebody like I don't know you know like Maggie working with Maggie you know they'll get up and they'll see oh you can dance this to that and, and I'm thinking wow how did you how do you know that you know and it just comes to, to, to some people like an art well to me I've got to like work it out so like you know when you do want to split the floor or you need to tell people you know what they're doing or whatever, um, you know so I spend the ages doing that because I'm not na- I'm not a natural musician you know I'm, I'm like an accountant trying trying to be so do you have a printed guide for that because like we use a, a cheat sheet where the dances we know we or we arrange by beats per minute and then there's an app on my phone where I can tap out the beats that are playing and be like okay this is 100 140 something so then I'll look at the list 140 yeah that's okay. that's what I do Hmm. That's what I do, and, and like I've got a I've got a set of notes. I haven't worked on for a few years, but I spent three or four years right trying to write up this what you would call a a technical manual. Because I used to go and ask people, how do you work that out? Hmm. You know, what's the difference between a West Coast and a Cha Cha? Yeah, and like you know, and 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 there's all these bits. Well, it's this and that, but if that and that, and is it like and it's 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 very difficult to tie it down hmm. precisely and write it down. So I try to do that because that's the only way I could like work it. I just haven't got that. Na- so like I've got a document that's probably twenty pages long that goes through all the rhythms and say like, well, if it's this, if it's that, or you can, you know, like if it, if it's fast, you know, like if it's a two step, and you, you you know what you can do and what you can't do, and what fits, you know, when does an East Coast fit something and 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 I've spent ages enough. And I, when I went around asking people who clearly knew, they can't put it in writing. So like, like, how do I learn how to do this? You know, you have to. How do I? How do I know? And 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 even to this day, you know, like I talk to say, talk to D, and we have a joke because D like writes a lot of West Coast and stuff. And I'm also like, so is this a West Coast? And like, no, it's a cha cha. Like, well, how do you? What do you mean? You know, so like, tell me how do how do we work this out? You know, and I'm, so I'm always exploring how to do that, just because I'm not a a natural like a lot of the choreographers are. You know. Um, but I had it written down in, in a manual that's still there, you know. Like, and it, but it was just my own version. I wouldn't dare publish it, but it helps me work out what all the different rhythms are, you know. And then I tried to link it into the because I was a competition DJ. I was trying to link it into the like the terms they use in there, you know, like like lilt and smooth and uh, you know, trying to link, you know, like cha cha and West Coast with smooth and you know, East Coast to, to lilt and except you know, trying get that link into that and then the other dimension of it in my mind was was like there's a sort of an aspect where it's, it's either a classic one or a funky one so for like a cha-cha for example you know some cha-chas are like easy to to to, to call aren't they you know when it's just a traditional country cha-cha no problem but then when it's like a, some like wild funky M&M thing, we're still a cha-cha, but it's like funky. So you got to, you know, but the beat's still there. And you know, you can still do islands in a stream to that, or you can do it to that, or you can do stroll along cha-cha or, you know, whatever. So I spent a long time trying to work that out. And I'm still no expert, but I'm, you know, I like to think I'm, I'm better. So when, you know, when somebody says, look, well, you need a, a list of alternative dances for these tracks, I can do it. But I do it using like the system I've like learned and, and the way like you've suggested there I've, I've file all my music so if I'm just looking for a simple you know I don't know like you're looking for a, a replacement of black coffee mm. you know you say okay we want like you know we want 128 beats a minute 
you know, cha-cha. So I just put cha, 120, you know, like, just like you do. And then I know pretty accurately, okay, like any of them are going to work. You know, if you want an alternative for a West Coast, just in like uh, court in the act, and you think, right, okay, what else could we do that? It, it works when you're doing theme events, you know, and you want to do something, it's Halloween and you want to play something. What do you, you know, what, what do you dance, what can you dance to Thriller, for example, that sort of thing. So I've got lots of, like, libraries of, like, alternatives to play. So when we do a theme, you know, and what I like to do is start with a, um, like, a classic, you, you need to use a classic dance so people don't mind you changing it. You know, you can't say, let's do Vanatech Charter, because people want to do Vanatech Charter, Vanatech Charter. Right. But whereas if you say, let's start with a, with a you know, like a, a Christmas black coffee mm. or, or a Halloween Islands in the Stream or, or whatever, you know, that goes well and it fits the theme. Mm. But you need to be able to work out, like, what fits and what doesn't. And I'm, I'm, there's no way I can do that. Like some people, like the people who follow bands, they go and dance something. You say, how do you work that out? How do you know you can dance that to that track? Um, I try and work it out mathematically so that I'm prepared. So I do a lot of work from a DJ point of view in advance, making sure like I've got all the music, that I've got it all coded properly, that I know when the count is. And then when you get to the event, I would do request slips do top 10 sheets and ask people to give us the top 10 so I know what their favourite dances are as well as just random requests think of different ways of going around the room and getting requests in so sometimes like for example you say, say the choreographer let's go around pick a table at a time and let them pick something and we'll play it straight away you know it's just a whole different bunch of ways to try and make sure everybody gets a um, you know like a fair shot at going home happy but there's always somebody who doesn't but that's life that's life you know yeah. but I enjoy doing that so like you come to an event like this where pe- you know like um, you know people from all over the world are throwing dances from all over the world all different levels pop country funky everything in, you know every level um, and it's great you know because you've got to try and keep them all happy in the same, when in the same room I mean the easy option is to split them in the room and see all you beginners go off in there and all you advanced people go off in there but like it's 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 nice when you can keep them all together and, and mix it, you know. So you enjoy trying to do that, and that's my favourite sort of event actually. Although I'm I'm known personally as being a bit of a new line sort of advanced person. I actually love the easier dances. I love I'm a big country fan, you know. But I like I'm happiest working when I'm in an event where like everybody's mixed in together, and I'm just trying to mix it all, keep them all happy, split the floor if you need to. You know, the big events. I, you know, for example, if I'm, when I was DJing um, at the Crystal Boot Awards or, or something like like or a big event like that, like Legends or whatever, sometimes you want to play a really advanced dance. You play the latest tip to a tip on it, that sort of thing. I would always have something to split the floor. So the alternative, and a lot of people complain that the advanced dancers would have to wait till late. Everybody has to go to bed before they get their dances. Well. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, like if, if you can fit a, an intermediate dance to a, to a harder one and call it as a floor split or even like a beginner and an intermediate and an advanced. At least the, the advanced dancers can get that, you know, a dance now and then during prime time, not have to wait until everybody's gone to bed. But the whole thing's a, about mixing it up. And I just, I just enjoy doing it. You know, that gives us a buzz. And that's why I like being a DJ more than anything else. I mean, I spend loads of time back home on the computer taking bookings and 
issuing receipts and doing the banking and all that sort of thing and doing the tax and all the rest that goes around with everything you know comes about organising hotels and all of that sort of stuff and I mean that's 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 horrible you, you know you only do it so that the end result is you're out there sat DJing and everybody's having a good time you know that's why I do it because um, you know when I started DJing you know it was a case of who's going to who's who wants to employ me you know because like back in England a lot of people like at events and that just just do the DJing themselves don't they because they're all like teachers and instructors who have to do an event well they can just do it themselves isn't it? it's a pretty limited market for hiring DJs um, so I thought well the best way is I'll just do my own events and then I can hire myself and I can enjoy doing what I do and that's how it sort of came about really and then of course you do get invited to other places you know to DJ in Europe and America and, and you know back home so I enjoy doing that as well but uh, that's how I became an event organiser so I thought well like you know like if the, how can I find a way of DJing without relying on somebody else to book us well I'll just put the event on myself and do it from there you know so DJing's what it is all about for me really what can yeah. people expect at your events that's different from other events oh. <coughs> wow well, we like to decorate the room. I don't know where we, I don't know where to start with this. Obviously, I need to be professional, make sure everything's done properly. So, I like from, a, from with me business head on. I like people to get the confirmations and have a proper system for bookings, and so people can see you're organised and, and, and have a system in the background dealing with the hotel. And so it's all you know the hotel, so the people turn up, they've got the right rooms and all this sort of thing, and it's professionally booked. Um, so I spend a lot of time doing that when you get to the event we like to have like you know the room decorated so we like to have a theme so that we can you know make the, the room look nice and also from a DJ point of view you've got something to work off there's nothing worse if it's just like you turn up and you put the music on that it's just you know what's the point you know like like, like to have a theme even if it's just the, so you can have coloured balloons and like so it looks nice you know because a lot of places in, certainly in England don't look nice you know they look horrible rattly old places and if you don't like decorate them you know so so we like to have themes you know we like to keep it organized and um you know and, I, and the other thing is I like the dj late because give people value for money so if you go to some events it's like when we finish at 12 or we finish at one now like and like to go for say the big finish you know like at, at midnight when lots of people in the room great leave them all happy and filling the floor but like and then stop but I, I think well no like we'll keep playing as long as somebody wants to do something like, you know so you know I always try with the hotels especially to make to negotiate as long as we can get and if as long as we can get any time then I'll just keep playing it all like everybody gives in which is just what it's like you know here here these sort of events in America it's the same everywhere whereas you know, a lot of people just like try and work the hard times but I try and just give value for money I suppose isn't it you know just play as long but it's getting harder because you get older you know so 20 years on and I'm 60 now and like staying DJ at 4 o'clock in the morning like at Masters 4 nights in a row till 4 in the morning that's hard work <laughs> it's a killer you know when you got to get up and you're doing the workshops and you, it's uh, so it's, it gets harder but I still try I still try now, are there any dancers that you can think of that you are happy to have stay in the room as long as they possibly can? And I'm just going to go ahead and throw out the obvious example of 
uh, Rachel, followed by Joe. But uh, are there others that that uh, you see and you're like, oh, good, they they're they're gonna you know keep this room alive. They're they're so fun to play dances for. Is there anybody over uh, back in the UK or any uh, at any other events you've been to that you really value as a DJ? Oh well. I mean, you've got to, you've got to work with a choreographer. Something as a DJ, it's, 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 it makes it so much easier when there's a when there's a lively, cooperative, keen choreographer in the room, and that the people are rushing to see them in the room and want to play their dances and they want to do it, and that that's just happy. And even dancing other people's dances, you know, not just our own. So absolutely, it makes it so easier when you've got those choreographers in the room. Some of them are hard work, and like you know, they don't they don't dance so much. They don't. Because they're not teachers, especially that in their own right, they don't know other people's dances, so they only do their own, and then you, and then like they treat it a bit like a job, and like so you know some of them are like that, aren't they? We you know we're not name names, but some of them are like that, where some of them will just do anything for anybody, and and the more cooperative like that they are, that the easier it is for the DJ, it is. You know, on the other hand, you, you know, so as a DJ, you watch for them coming in and out of the room, and you do try and play the music, but like. You know, at the, at, at the bigger bands, you know, where where you know Rachel walks in the room, you know, you've got like ten Rachel dancers requested within like minutes. Well, you know, Rachel's got a life as well. I can't like just keep playing Rachel dancers because she's in the room. So you try and take advantage of the fact she's there, but also try and give her space as well. You know, but yeah, we have you know back back in England, you know, I like I work with Maggie because of that. You know, she's great. You know, she works works the room and she'll do whatever you want. And, with anybody you want, you know, with a dancer, she mingles and to ask for her dancer, she gets up and does it. She's got her own class, so she dances other people's all the time as well. So she she knows the wider, you know, dance scene. You know, like in a, a, you know, we we use others, Ria Voss, Dee Musk, you know, some of my favourite sort of friends in the, you know, in that respect to who really know how to look after the dancers. And if they do that, it makes the DJ's job a piece of cake. Yeah. And yeah. you've been doing reviews as well, and I'm curious, how did the reviews get started, and is there anybody right now that you find yourself reviewing a lot who's just been knocking it out of the park that you'd recommend for folks to keep an eye on? Oh, blimey. Maybe like a top three to five. Well, I do... I do. I mean, I do my class. I, I love doing my class, and I love it for, for the reason of, from being a DJ. It, it's good that you you know you know what you're doing, and that you've taught dancers, you've seen what people like, and what they're doing. It's like it's been right in at the the, the grassroots, not just playing something you don't know anything about because somebody's asked for it. You know, so like I, generally speaking, I know about lots and lots of the dance. I mean, obviously, I don't do them all. You can't do them all, but I've got a really good understanding of a with my class of a big range. Um, of dancers, um, you know, so that's so that's a that's a that's a real big help. And then it, by doing that, I like to just share the information. And the way I get to share it is in some way or other, whether it's via my website or via some sort of review or the newsletter or whatever, is like just give a view. These days, I tend to do it like on Facebook and just say hi. You know, this is what I've been doing. Recommend this and that and the other. And then I put things on my website as well, especially. Um, you know, just just to pass on what I've thought about dancers and what I've seen, and at events as well. You know, when I'm DJing in an event, you you get a bird's eye view, really, don't you, of what the latest dances are coming out, and also what the dancers think of them, which is valuable. I mean, it's not so much about 
like the dance it's about like what the people's faces doing them you think, oh like they like that and then afterwards they're coming back and saying can we play this so you know what's popular because the dancers come up and ask for it again and again and it, and it gives you an invaluable sort of insight into you know what's popular and, and, and who's popular you know um but just like you know, just lately, you know, you know that some of the some of the new, well, I mean, some of them are, I don't know that that's so new. You know, Madison, for example, is, is new. It's on the block, and uh, you know, I think she's spectacular. You know, she's got a good range, and she's again the work ethic, work ethic. I mean, she's learned a lot from Rachel, and and uh, you know, you hesitate calling her the next Rachel because she's our own person, but she's every bit as good and gonna be every bit as is good so you know I like I, I, Madison Glover for sure um, that's hard to keep thinking off the, off the top of my head that's like you put me on a the spot there really Sheen's um, had a lot of releases oh no yeah see some of these I've like I know so, like Shane exactly Fred I mean you know Fred Whitehouse hasn't been on the, on the dance scene like that long he's on, on the social scene he's been big in competition but he made his break those few years ago at Eurodance and, and we had him on Eurodance um, and he taught uh, off the chain, and that was like that was like you know it's not that long ago. And now she, um, Fred is, you know, the best thing going. I mean, he, he's he's very popular, big demand, and and Shane's coming along in the same style really because he's coming off the back of you know the competition scene. In fact, my, the daughter I mentioned used to used to be his partner in competition dancing can you believe that my youngest daughter used to be Shane's partner anyway he's coming on you know from that and he's now um, you know made it great sort of coming along filling that gap that the likes you know like Guyton left for example you know Fred and Shane are really important to the advanced scene you know like and there's others coming through you know the youngsters from I call them the sort of you know the young Dutch guys that there are all great, aren't they? You know, like Daniel Trapat and Jersey, you know, like, like those sort of guys. Roy Hidisabroto is one of our favourites. Roy, you know, exactly. Fiona Roy and Fiona. And, you know, we've got them booked for our event next year at New Line. You know, like, like the, those guys are all, but I don't sort of see them as newcomers. I've sort of like, as if I've been there for, for, for a long time with them. But they are quite new, I suppose, all, all of those guys, aren't they? Um, you know, Jeff Camps is doing a lot of good stuff uh, from, from Belgium there. Um, you know, back in England, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying. There's so many people trying. You've got to like sort out the ones who are actually achieving. You know, some of them some of them are doing okay, but the, but there's only there's not that many big rising stars. There's not that many. It's quite hard from an event point of view. I think these days to <coughs> excuse me to to book, and you've got to book years ahead to get the good people. You know. Um, but for Eurodance, we always look, and especially for the ones that are up and coming, and trying to anticipate it so that you know they'll be booked for the next one. You know, like the likes of Rebecca and Ruda. You know, those those guys—they're all up and coming. You know. Um, Speaking of uh, you know events, I'm curious, what have been some of the things that event managers have done that makes your life easier? Like the best things they can do to take care of you when you're on staff and what do you do in turn to be sure that at your events everybody is taken care of it's a smooth uh, performance so to speak for everyone involved well I like to have a schedule it's, it's good I mean it's stating the obvious I suppose but it is good and like a lot of event 
people do, really don't think enough about it in advance. And then when you're doing an event, you do a basic schedule, but behind the scenes, I have a, I have a more detailed one of what, what I'm going to do, you know, like as if it's I'm planning a meeting. You know, so when I'm DJing, for example, I know exactly what's going to happen from the start of the night to the finish. And I get to a point where there's lots of things going to happen, like we do quizzes or we do like this or that, or we might do a review or, or, or a little teaching, you know, or we might have a game of bingo or, or, or you know, something, whatever it is, or do a show. But it's all like planned. And it's like almost like a sort of constant effort to keep it going and work and everybody have a good time. And, and until you get to a point quite late where you can just relax and say, well, that's all the stuff done. I'm just going to like play a request now and like drift into the early hours of the morning just playing music. It's almost like you're trying to think about like, um, it's like being a show. It's like, I, I, it may sound silly, but I, I, I think of it like a DJ being like, like in a band, being like a band and you're putting on a show from start to finish and there's nothing worse than stop starts and like it's got to be like it's got to flow like a show you know you go to a, rock, a concert you know you don't see the band stop and think well what would show like or somebody come on and say how about well, let's play this or like you know that the, 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 they give you a show and it's got lights and I, you know that's something else which I'm sort of renowned for I like me lights and, but I like to make the whole thing like a, a sure and that takes a lot of planning they don't just happen and you can tell a million mile away the people who just like roll up and think they can just put the next request on and, and like not planned or the event organiser comes up and say you know can I just say something I just, I, I'm in the middle of playing a top 10 you can't say it now you, you know you know, like it's break the floor I'm in the middle of having a bit of party time we're rocking it out there I don't want you like telling them where the toilets are and stuff <laughs> like I mean like go away you know sometimes you can't do that and you've got to let them interfere and it spoils the the show and uh, I'm quite passionate about that really um, and it's so that the, the ones who let you do that are the best obviously when I'm doing my own event I'm good I can let myself do that but but you know when sometimes event organisers just want to be seen to be in charge don't I suppose uh, and they want to do things when they want or that you know I mean Pauline our, our, my wife we always you know when there's an announcement to be made you know she'll come and say can you tell people this or like you, you know like somebody's like left their lights on I'm, saying, like, I'm, like, I'm in the middle of a show I'm not going to stop and say like car 56 you've left your lights on you know sometimes you've got no option you've got to like do what you've got to do but like you pick your time and when to do it or if there's an announcement you know like uh, you know the, the shoe stalls you know here and closing in an hour like, I'm thinking well like so what you, you know I'm doing a show here you know so that all that sort of stuff like like can annoy me if it's not like managed in properly you know um, so I try and you tr- when you're doing another event you try and coach the organisers just because you want it to run smoothly but of course at the end of the day you, you know you respect the fact that it's their event and they do what they want and that's up to them but uh, that sure concept's quite important to me um, and it's like you know simple rules if I, if I, if I got me little sort of 12 monthly thing out with the rules of what's important about being a DJ one of the key ones like no silence no silence you know like so many people and the music just stops and a DJ is like talking or or not ready for the next thing now I'm not saying I'm perfect it happens to me too because somebody distracts us or you think you've got something ready or or, but like that's a sort of cardinal rule for me it's like like the end of the world it stops and then, because the first thing happens is everybody looks, don't they? Think what's what? What? There's nothing happening. 
and with some people like run, run an event like that like it doesn't matter how the DJ will go and dance and then he'll wait to come back and put something on something what are you doing like you know it's a sure you know you gotta like make it flow and non-stop that's how I like doing it obviously I'm not saying that's right it's just that's what I like to do and it, and it also means you know with the flow you, you don't want interruptions and, and but you also want the music to flow so as well as mixing like 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 old music and new music and country music and pop music and what you know whatever pe- music from different countries or you know I say there's a whole host of things you've got to try and mix the the most important one for me is trying to get the rhythm of the night going well so like you you don't like play you know you don't play like you don't play care for kicks and then go straight into like the slowest nightclub in the world and then like go back to party you know you, you build it up and down so you have a it's like an oscillating scale and I try and follow that so whilst I'm going up I'll go up and faster and partier and then you you know you get up to the real heavy fast stuff but it could be fast country it could be fast pop it could be you know fast new fast world whatever and then you do them and then you come down and you slow down and then you do a few nightclubs and then you do a waltz so I try and flew it like that as well but so all non-stop no joints nice flues if it's a you know like if it's, a, if it's like a concert um, so if anything interrupts that flue like an organiser who wants to announce you know you know the buffet is ready outside or, or you know I just like get really annoyed with that yeah, I'm curious um, you mentioned that uh, you, you pick up new music uh, as necessary by watching the charts and whatnot. And as a DJ, I'm sure you hear the same songs over and over. So what is the right balance? What, what is your preferred balance between too many dances all coming out at the same time so you're always scrambling looking for the new music versus, okay, I think we're ready for a new song now. I've been listening to this for three years, back to back. Like, well, How often should a, a, a dance come out for a, per choreographer, let's say? Per choreographer, that's an interesting question. I mean, some of them flood the market, don't they? That's too much. I mean... The thing is, it's business-led for the choreographer, isn't it? If you think of it from the choreographer's point of view, I, like I get it, because they get booked. You know, they've got to go to events, and, and maybe they're doing two or three events a month, and and they're always so almost demanded of them to come up with new dances. When you're an organizer, you want them to come and teach new dances. Now, I get the argument. I mean, that's not right, but I don't want to be the organizer who has the event. You know where they're teaching a, a month old dance that everybody knows because everybody's paid to come to my event, and if they if they all know the dances already, there's no point having the workshops. So like it's a it's a, like a catch twenty two really. You know when you look at it from a choreographer's point of view, you know which is why the whole lot are releasing them these days, which is annoying as well because people want to do you know you learn a dance and then the sheet's not available for for six weeks. I mean some of them are getting way too long now. You know, but I get that I get why. Because they're trying to like make it so they don't have to release so many, and they can do a few months on the circuit. Um, but but dancers go because they want. It. It's a bit different, see. And if you think we're in America here, you know, there's only a few events. People in England, people are going to events like every week because it's a small country. There's always somewhere they go. I mean, where so they're looking for new dancers. Whereas if you're in America, you can get away from one event to the next and still teaching. There's a lot of dancers here. You know that in England you just couldn't reteach in a workshop because like everybody knows them, they've already done them different places and socials and um, and that 
that's a big difference between like the UK and and um, in America, you know. But it's, at the heart of it is this issue of like how many dancers you release. And I know people say like there's too many, and people some people want to say, um, you know, I just want to do the classics and like do the same dance over and over again. Like and like um, in our case, some people might just want to do that. I think, well, I think maybe well, maybe it's just a little bit lazy because it should be a class learning dances. I like learning new dances. That's what I like doing. I like doing them for a few months, and I like moving on to the next one. And that's what my class likes doing too. Now, if a good if a, if a dance is good and it sticks around, fine. But you know, I, I, like like I don't want to be doing the same old thing time after time, playing the same track time after time, and we know what they are. Some people like to do that because they're doing, you know, they're not into it so much, and it's just like a dance now and then. So they're happy they like dance, lonely drum every time they come out. That's fine, I, I get that. But you know, the, the people who are more like dedicated danceaholics want to try the newer things. So I, so I get both. I get both sides of the thing. But I think bring them on, bring them on, and let's pick. Um, you know, the dancers will pick. You know what's good, what's not, and you just chuck away the rubbish and keep the good ones. And, and even if the good ones these days might only last two or three months, fine, because let's move on from one good one to the next in a short cycle. You know, if that's if, if, if that floats your boat from a dance point of view, and you like learning dances, and the ones you only want to do, you know, one a year, two a year, three. I mean, that's fine, good. That's all right too. Um, so I think people just got to do what they want. And there can never be too dan- too many dancers because there's always people. The thing is, there's so many wannabe, up and coming choreographers, and like they're not going to take no notice. I mean, you know, you can't ration it. You know, if you want to do a dance, do one, and if it's any good, people will do it. If they weren't, they're doing, it, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's simple, you know. The thing, the thing that does like aggravate me is this issue about like claiming the music. That's a difficult one, you know. You got you got to write a book about that, really. Now I know choreographers personally, and it's happened to them where they'll respect other choreographers, and they'll say, oh, "Like Maggie, will say, I've just done a dance of this," and I'll say, "Hey, Maggie, you know, like, you, you, well, I wish you'd said you were doing that, you know." So you know, Kate's just wrote a dance of that, just just released it. So like Maggie was Maggie would like drop it, and so would vice versa, you know. They say, "Okay," but sometimes if you've done it together and you don't know you've done it. And you both released it. Well, okay, then we'll have a floor split and we'll decide. And it's okay, I think, for the the, the premier choreographers respecting each other. But there's a limit. There's a limit. Otherwise, we don't. We're, like the thing would be all the all all the we'll call them wannabe choreographers because that's you know they wannabe choreographers. You know, like and we're not even call them rising stars because they might be no good. But there's plenty of them out there, and we know who they are. And you see them bringing the dancers out all the time, and they might get a hit once in a while. And fair play, but just because one of those guys brings out a dance to the to the next greatest tune, you know, we, we can't have it that like nobody else writes a dance. Otherwise, the, the dance world will be full of rubbish, and, and it depends who gets to the the track first. Well, you know, with respect, if you've got a you know if you've got a list of Premier League choreographers for a track okay they might have the best dance in the world but you know you can't not do it just because of that so you've got to have floor splits and if that dance is okay well fair enough it'll be alright and if if the other ones are successful just because it's Maggie or just because it's Kate or just because it's whoever and that happens too I mean life's well life's just a bitch isn't it I mean it happens doesn't it 
you, you know, like you've got to you've got to earn your place. You know, you know yourself. You've got to earn your place. You've got to get out and about. You've got to dance your dances. You've got to work hard. You can't like have an instant hit. There's too many people who have almost got a chip on the shoulder. I think they can write, it. and it might be the greatest dance and the greatest track, but it's no guarantee that it's going to be popular and you fill the floor with it. You know, like you've just got to work at it and build your reputation up and, and do that. Not, not like restrict and spoil it. You know, for the dancers. You know, but I get everybody's point of view on on all that sort of stuff. How many dancers? You know, and uh, you know the, the music and all of that. But at the end of the day, the sensible approach has got to be do what you want, and like the teachers will pick it and the dancers will decide what they like and what they're doing. You know, and if there's too many dancers, well, go to a class that just don't do them. I mean, some classes only do one new dance a month. I mean, I do like like two or three a week. You know, because my guys soak it up and they dance all over the place and they want to want to do it. But you, so I think you just pick the right the class for horses for courses, don't you? Go to the right class, go to the socials. If you want to go someplace that just plays world hit floor filling dances great I mean I'd love to you in those sort of events too but like you know but if you want to do all the latest stuff and you know then just go where you can do it and I, honestly I think that's how it should be you know like and if you're a DJ in a, in a mixed event like this you've got to like be able to allow both of that to happen you've got to look after them people that just want to like dance lonely drum every time they come out and, you, and you've got to you've got to look after the ones who want to do the latest thing you think oh, like nobody else knows that yeah like put it on there'll be five people on but you think well fair enough you know at least, like, at least other people can see it and decide whether they want to do it or not you know and it's just it's from a DJ's point of view it's great trying to just keep that mix or prepare by saying okay I put this on but I like I'll, I'll call a floor split you know so because I know like most of the people in the room won't know it I, you can shout out you can do such and such to this you know just to get a few more people on the floor so you know that's I think that's an important part of the DJ side I have a three part question related to that um, one is there are some dances that are going to be around just probably forever. Like you mentioned, Islands yep. in the Stream, Black Coffee, Potter at this Girl. point probably Gypsy Queen. And conventional wisdom says, you know, if you're if you're writing a dance you want people to remember, you should make it symmetrical. If you do this on the right, you should do this on the left. And yet, those are such unusual dances. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about something as quirky as Black Coffee uh, with its, like, uh, oh, you know, it yeah. splits the eight count. Islands in the stream is very mm. tricky to follow. What is it about those that still makes them popular and live on? And what are some oh. others that you that you tend to play that maybe we don't see as much in the United States, but um, which will uh, will be in the UK forever? And the third part, I, I'll get to later. Well, okay. No, well, that's a good. I mean, I wish if you could answer that, you'd sort of you'd have found the, the meaning of life, wouldn't you? Yeah. So if, if you could work that out. Um, I mean, I think the first thing is that the, the music's like got to be a, a big factor, hasn't it? People, people love attracting it, but but I think like those sort of popular dances, like they've got some sort of hook to it, haven't they? Like, and, and if you look at popular dances, you think, what is the hook? I always look at that of any dance, think, right, okay, what's the hook? What makes that dance different? You know, what what, what is it people are going to remember and say that's the reason? You know, and and. Uh, and a lot of the popular ones have got that in, but sometimes it, you just hit lucky with the with the with the combination of the music and that 
those steps. I don't know there's a, what the golden formula is. Because sometimes you think something's popular and think, why on earth do people enjoy that? You know, or I teach something and I think it's great and they like they don't like it. And I think, what do you mean? You don't, when you're not like that, it's great. So I, I, I don't think there's any uh, secret formula, unfortunately. But there are, nevertheless, a list of classic, you know, dancers. You know, it's like Robin, his legends, pulls them out. You know, he's been pulling them out and celebrating them. You know, they're, they're there, aren't they? And, and, and they do vary uh, between the ponds. Some of them just don't travel, but some stuff just don't travel back and forward. Some stays where it is. Sometimes that because, like, maybe choreographers um, use the same track and they're a hit somewhere and, and not... Um, you know, like thinking both sides of the pond. I know I'm always I'm very careful. I'd have to go and have a look, you know. But when I'm in America DJ, you've got to be very careful. Something like I put something on in in, in English, like patient heart, would fill the floor like anywhere. But I would have to think twice about putting it on in America. But it's First just, and, and I'm thinking, now why, now why? And, and you think, why, why don't they do that? Um, they don't like generally speaking, don't do pot of girls. Here. Now, Potter Gould will last forever, but whereas you know you can put islands in the stream on, and uh, yeah, they'll do that. That one's a, that one's a common, um, you know, have fun, go mad. If you're thinking about a funk, funky a harder one or, or something like Lamtara, some rumba. Um, that's probably one actually that doesn't travel. Lamtara no, rumba is huge in either. England. You don't do it. So I've, 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 you know, I've got a very conscious list. It's not just in my head; it's like it's programmed. I like I, so you remember what's popular because you want to be able to chuck on a classic anytime you. From a DJ point of view, you're desperate. You think, "What? Well, I'm going to fill the floor. What can I put on?" And, and it's funny that you know, so it, 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 it's the new stuff and the old stuff. Some things are just popular here, not in the UK and vice versa. And like some things, just transcend that and are popular everywhere. But but I, I don't know what the formula is for working that out. It's very strange, though. It's very strange. Somebody Like You is another one. That's one of my all-time favourites. Alan Birchall, Somebody Like You. I mean, you, you, not many. some people do. I mean, some people will do, will do anything you put on. But, I mean, fill the floor. You know, I could list 20 dancers that would fill the floor in the UK. And then I'm, what I'm thinking for America, I've got to modify it substantially, you know. And then, then I've got to look at one's... And it's harder for me to give you those because, like, I'd have to think, well, what are, you know, what are they? You know, like when I'm looking, Simplementi, something like Simplementi, or like I don't know, Evergreen. You know, like they're popular dancers, and they should be popular in the UK because they're UK choreographers. But like, they're, like they're not paid very much, but they're they're on that classic list here, you know. Um, and then you know some of the other ones by you know the classic choreographers here who haven't travelled so much you know like I don't know like um, say John Robinson or, or um, you know John's great John's great but but he hasn't been in the UK very much and therefore you know his dancers like haven't really you know been at some, I don't know like Switchblade for example you know um, you'd get a few people in the UK doing it but you'd get a ton more here um Maybe it's something about like maybe how well they're traveling so I mean Maggie doesn't come to America very much so like so, so Maggie's dancers aren't as popular in America as they are here if she came here and worked the events here like I think I think they would naturally be more popular because the ones in America that are popular are the ones that I work at these big events like here and you know the marathon and, and Tampa and, and um, Chicago you know and Boston you know those big premier events 
that, that, that's if you teach the dancers there that, that, that guaranteed in America because that's where the people look whereas in England it's just a warren of you know we, we have got a few super events like that but people are out every weekend they dance a lot more in England than they do because it's so easy and cheap to get places you know you could go on a dance weekend there's probably I don't know there's probably 10 dance weekends every weekend you could pick in England that you could get to easily in a car because England's a small place UK is a small place you know so like people are it amazes me you know how they do it but they do you know people are attending you know 10 events a year you know paying you know hundreds of pounds like you do here you know but it's 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 much more like done there in England because I guess because it's a close-knit place but also because so many people do events um, and that spreads and that's why dancers spread so quick it takes no time at all in England for a dancer to come out and be filling the floors and the choreographers must be pulling their hair out you know that's why you know like if you put you know like if Maggie puts one of her dancers out this week within a fortnight it's filling the floor and she can't teach it anymore well I mean like when that there's your catch 22 so she's gonna like keep writing dances or she tries to slow down the release I'm not just talking about Maggie like they're all it's the same for, you know for all of them really but that's a real special factor about the UK dance scene especially the UK dance scene Europe's a bigger place than the travel further but in, in England on that little island you know the dancers are, are all over the place all over the time it's almost like a chicken and the egg thing. You mentioned, like, if she were to come here and work the events, then people would know her dances. But on the other hand, like, let's say, let's say you take somebody from, you know, off the street, somebody who, who uh, nobody knows anything about, and you send them to every major event in the United States, and they teach the same dance everywhere. Then, yes, a lot of people would know their dance, but that isn't really how it works. Like, you have to be invited to the events. Yeah. But why would you be invited unless no, you well, have dances and? So it, you know, which. But that's why I mean, like you know, you've got to work it, haven't you? You've got to work it, like you know, the good, like back to the sort of band analogy. You know, like it's not like it's not like the X Factor territory where you can right. sort of like jump on a stage and like next, you know, the next month you're a superstar. You know, like I think with the current, the per, my personal opinion is that you've got to like work it just like any old like rock and roll band did. You know, who played the, the grimy back rooms and paid the ten people and before they got to the. You know, they the worked the thing, didn't they? It? Um, it's the same with any sort of artistic, you know, like comedians, you know, tell their jerks to, you know, like 10 people in a, in a grubby back room before they make the big arenas. You know, you've got to earn it. Yeah. And it's like doing your apprenticeship, mm-hmm. in like my opinion. And, and so many of them think that just because you like it, write a great dance and teach it a few places, it don't work like that. Because, like, first of all, Rightly or wrongly, people just don't look. You know, they think it was that. Like, and I, I do that. You know, you look at who's he. I've never heard him. You know, like so. Like you don't immediately look at the dance. I wouldn't look at it at all. I mean, he's going to have to work hard to like give me a reason. What? Like, why should I look at that? You know, like, and the reason would be well because he's been a few places and he's he's pushed it and taught it and I've got a few people to dance it and somebody mentions this and I say, oh, I, I remember that. Hang about. You know, like, okay, maybe I'll have a look. And then you still think twice, because like you don't want to teach a dance and spend the time teaching a class something. Then I'm not going to dance anywhere. You know, I mean it might be good, but it's no good if nobody else does it. Right. You know, you've got to send them out in a big world, and they want to dance when they're going to all these other events. It's all right if you've got your own little class and they never go anywhere. You can teach them stuff, and you just dance it yourself. But 
and some classes do that and that's fine but like you know generally speaking England you, you know people are dancing everywhere all the time so you can't you've got to send them out with stuff that's pretty much guaranteed and that's why you pick well known choreographers it's just a fact of life you know which is why you've got to like work at being a, if you want to be a good choreographer you, not only have you got to write good dances and, and work around and do, you've, got, you've got to work at getting up there the hard way because it doesn't come even it doesn't come with a one hit wonder I mean like loads of people had one hit wonders you know like and, and yeah just hit on with the right track at the right time right sort of hook and everybody likes it bang but then doesn't guarantee doesn't buy your success you've got to like have a good string of it haven't you but it's the same with any you know like a band you know you've got to have a lot of hits and like eventually you get your filler pub room you fill a concert room you know you fill an arena I mean you've got to build it up so and, and I, I you regularly see the choreographers whinging thinking well you know this is a great dance why is it not a hit and it's as if it's my fault well it's not you just like get out there and teach it what, what have you done to promote it and teach it you've got to like earn it you've got to earn it it's like a filter too because the people who really want to do it like say Madison dancing since she was in the womb mm-hmm. you know they will keep doing it during you know good times and well that's right times that's right other people will give up well you, you I'll tell you what the perfect example Gary O'Reilly Gary O'Reilly was like on the dance scene for years and years and he, and, he, and he worked it and he eventually worked it and got there now he can't do anything wrong but he, he worked he worked it the classic hard way you know he was around for a long time and he's just gradually increased his popularity had a hit or two and then another one and then you know like it's like getting the ball rolling isn't it and, and it's a classic example of you know like I don't know five years ago five years ago like Gary O'Reilly wasn't popular he was there and, and he was about and he might have been a great Irish crack and doing good job at Stuart but he wasn't a hit choreographer and look at him now he can't do anything wrong and, and, and the reason is he's worked hard he's worked hard earned his apprenticeship getting around chipped away at the dancers and you know like get getting yourself onto events and you've got to like go to events and do it for nothing if that's the only way and then eventually you might and eventually you might get a free room and then eventually they might even want to pay you you know you've got to like it takes takes that's how it's you got to do it i'm actually curious about that would you say that it undercuts the paid staff at all um if there are people who are willing to do it for free because it's great for the event managers, but for the other people, like I, when I first yes. started playing guitar, I was told I was charging too little. I had no idea. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. But somebody who I asked me for a, a quote, I said, "Well, how's this?" He said, "Oh no, no, you have to, you have to go higher than that. Otherwise, the other musicians are going to get mad at you yeah. because it, then it drives their." No, I get down. that. I get that. Yeah. Definitely, but um, I think that I think the difference is you can tell the people who are. You know, making the way. I think it's a, you, you don't want it because you don't want to take advantage of people. And, and I've seen like event organisers do that. There's plenty of people I know, and it's pro, you know, like like when you go to events, they like, can see them all over the place. That like, you know they're not getting a full pay, and you think, well, you know, by now, by now, you should be like, you know, getting more, and you're not because because like maybe the event organisers just taking advantage of the fact that you you want to keep going. And I'm very as an event organiser, I'm very conscious of that. I sit when I'm doing Eurodance. Uh, for example, um, I might say to somebody, "Well, well, you're coming, and I know you're doing, you're doing good. You're trying hard, so we'll give you a workshop, and uh, we'll, in, that's it. We'll give you nothing." Or I might say, "We'll give you a workshop or two, and we'll give you a free pass." 
and then it would extend to, okay well you're doing good so we'll pay for your room as well and then like, after that you get the stage where you do all of that I'm going to give you a little fee and then you gradually get to the stage where it's a big fee but I don't think I don't think the other choreographers think any worse of that I think they, they can see they're just like working their way in the business you know so you get you get the premier paid people who, who want the full wage whatever it is I mean they're different prices aren't they you know like I mean you've got really expensive there's a whole range which I guess is some sort of reflection of ability pulling power stuff so that I think there is a, a range um, but then you've also got the ones who are just trying to break into the business and I think all of those in that range of like earning whether it's £500 a weekend or £1,000 a weekend you know it's a normal sort of thing or the superstars get a bit more than that even right but I think all of those are game nowhere they fit in the place of things you know like hey, I'm not naming the names it wouldn't be right but you know like a £500 an event choreographer knows they are not in the same league as a thousand the thousand knows they're not in the same league as the one who gets two thousand I mean you know like so I think they're all okay with the variable pay. I mean, mate, they probably don't even know. I mean, because obviously you don't share. As an event organiser, you don't tell anybody who gets what. So, um, you know, they might know, but but not from the organiser. It's not common knowledge. It's business. But I don't see any of those would be, like, objecting to the fact that, like, they're getting paid whatever they're getting paid, and I'm giving somebody a workshop on an equal term because it's at the same event teaching... um, for no fee or less of a fee. I mean, you know, we did it a few weeks ago. We had a work with Maggie. Maggie wanted to support Ross Brown. Ross Brown's a really nice guy. Writes some nice dances. He's, he's a, he's a up-and-coming choreographer. He's trying to earn that thing. So, like, we had Rhea Voss. We had Maggie, who's in a superstar league at the event. It's her event, you know, with, with me. The invited choreographer is Rhea, who's, like, a superstar in our own right. And then we've got along as well. Okay, well, Ross, you're coming. Would you like to teach a dance? So he's on the same bill, and I advertise it. Maggie, Rhea, Ross, all on the same bill together. But but no hassle between them. The fact that Rhea knows, you know, she doesn't know, but she's, she 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 would appreciate Maggie's getting more than her, you know. And then Ross is just getting a little bit to say thank you for for doing it. Um, I think all of them are happy. I think they appreciate that. It's yeah. to put you haven't got to take advantage. It would be wrong to take advantage and not, not pay people the right amount. And I think that's an obligation. Like as an event director, I spent a long time as an event director for Eurodance, for example. I've got 30 choreographers. And my primary thing is I've got to have a logical structure appear in my mind and I, and I apply it. And I'll say, well, if he's getting 700 then like that's what he's got to get because he's in the same league you know like, and, and he's going to get 500 she's going to get 500 or 300 or not, you know like, like three, three. so that I've got a pay structure in my head and I make sure I, I put people in the right skill and don't take advantage of them even, even, even if they would ask for less and that's happened where you know somebody will say you, you know I've had like choreographers from, from America come over and ask for less where I can see they're in the lineup, and I would give them the same and are oh, you sure that's alright I said you get, you know, you're getting what you deserve you, you, you know I'm not going to give you less just because that's what you've asked for now that might be a bit radical some some organisers might just pocket that but I, do, I wouldn't do that I try to keep everything correct you know and by that you wouldn't you wouldn't pay an up and coming one too much 
because that would would be offensive. You know, I'm not going to give like I'm not going to give somebody five or six hundred pound, and and you know somebody else that's like doesn't deserve it the same. That then they would be upset if Rhea knew she, that I'd give Ross the same as her. You know, like in in you know she's doing the star act and all the stuff, and he's talking. I mean, you've got to look as though you're earning and worth your money, and that's the event organizer's job. Whether they do that or not, maybe they're doing. But I, I don't think, generally speaking, you know, the professional choreographers won't have a better word. Mind the other people working that way for cheap in the business. I really do. It sounds like you're the uh, you're the person to to work for because you, well, <laughs> you've, you've got uh, the right mindset. You've just got to be fair, man. You've just got to be fair because, like. You do, and I could say, okay, I could do it less. And I could take advantage because I might somebody might say, well, I'll do it for less because I just want to be there. But you've just got to do like the right thing, and I know it sounds, and I and I do mean it. I'm not just saying that, I, you know. But I do pay people what I think. Though. I mean, I might I might be wrong. I mean, all the people I put in the five hundred bracket might think they deserve seven. I'm not saying, you know, but I, but I always make sure everybody's happy with what they've got, and 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 I treat them consistent within bands because it's easy to band them you know you could do you know if you said you set a whole bunch of choreographers and you had a pay scale you you would know where where to put them in their relative worth and then if they want more than you think they're worth well you're like you don't employ them you know some some people up here like don't work hard enough for what they get you know and i just think well i'm not paying that you know because they don't do enough for it you know i'd rather pay somebody who's working hard and down in the middle there people you know it's not <coughs> it's not only about the dance is it you know a lot of people are good entertainers and they dance with them they socialize with them you know they're friends I mean the dance is important but it's not the only thing that matters there's a lot of good choreographers like right average dancers but they're still booked because it's a bigger thing isn't it you've got to have an entertainer there Look at having just one hit dance and like a boring time because the, you know, they don't interact with the audience and they don't work hard or they're never in the room when you want them or whatever, you know. So it's like you're buying a package, and that package has definitely got like a price. And I think somebody who's not as good can like up the value by being that sort of entertainer. And I know plenty of them, and I'll not say who they are because I don't want to. I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to disrespect their dancing. But I'd pay. There's quite a few people that I'd pay the same amount, just because they're they're good entertainers and they're good at socialising. People like being with them, like dancing with them. But they might not have the best dancers in the world. But like that's not the number one thing, you know. It's a, you're buying a package. Mm. In these last four minutes or so before the top of the hour. Good. Uh, I am curious. What is the best way that people can get in? contact with you if they want to reach out on the internet or whatnot. Wow. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's a good question because like, like here's the thing. I'm terrible at talking on the phone. I just like to get on with business and like like if you get if you get caught on the phone people want to chat too much and I'm good at chatting too but like you know like you're busy and you want to get on. So the best way to contact me isn't by phone because like my phone and I laugh because it's like I shouldn't but my phone diverts to my wife. So nobody can phone me 
and like she's almost like a filter to say like so if somebody wants to talk you know like is it, is it important what's it about because you know and, and I and I include like Maggie who's my best friend I mean I don't want to talk to Maggie she talks too much and if we get on the phone with Maggie I'll be talking an hour before we get to the little bit she wants to talk about you know so I'm like so you know I duck and dive all the time and the best way to contact me was to write to me and, and from, from I guess from my work days one of the principles you know like being the accountant and managing stuff is like dealing with post I'm, I'm ruthless you know like if you write to me I'll write back if you send me a message I'll send you a message back if you post something I'll post it back I'll do it in the right you know and you get the right degree of reply depending on what it is but I always like reply that's the best way of contacting me because unless I know it's something I really want to talk about I try and like not avoid it but like can Pauline deal with it so just send us a note and I'll say you know if you want some just like write and say so we don't have to have a half an hour chat in the meantime but it makes me real bad unsociable you know, like I said, it seems like unsociable but I'm not I like to talk but like when I'm when I'm you know getting on my business so to speak I just like that's what I that's the way I am um, you know when I'm out and about in person I'll talk me heart away like I am now but but like when I'm back and who I'm in the office or work and you know like uh, the best way send me a message and you get a reply instant would that be you on know. Facebook or email either yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a actually I'm a big email person. I mean one of my you know I get up in the morning like clear me email you know like because that's what I used to do at work you know I never like ignore anything never you know so if you send me an email you will get you, you know you you will get a reply you What's know the address for that well, I've got very. It depends what, what it depends what it's for. But if it's like, um, but me main recognised email address is Big Dave Gastap at AOL dot com. You know that because that just goes with me name, Big Dave. The Gastap bit. I used to work for a gas company, so they gave me. And we used to when when I first started dancing, we called ourselves the Gastap Stompers because it was it was um, it was I was a gas guy, accountant in the gas industry and we used to use the, the company's social club to do my classes so they came up with Big Dave gas tap Maggie came up with the Big Dave bit I, 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 I forgive her for that but it's true I'm big Maggie came up with Big Dave because I used to go to her classes and she said you should call yourself Big Dave when you're doing one I said okay Big Dave the guy said call yourself gas tap because you work for the gas tap stompers Big Dave Gas Tap at AOL.com. I got a few other emails for business reasons and for bookings and you know whatever. But but I look at all of them and reply. And that's just the way I am. I just pride myself on answering email. I pride myself on answering emails and avoiding people calling. Okay. And one last question before we we send you off on your way. It may be a tough one, but uh, maybe just go with the first thing that comes to mind. We'll try and go on. What one dance would you recommend that everyone learn right now? Old, new, classic. Oh, oh well. In this uh, event could be from anything, but what's one dance you would recommend everyone learn? Something you think everyone would get, get a real kick out of. Something that they'd personally benefit from learning. Well, I think, uh, well, the one that's buzzing right now is Globetrotting. I like Globetrotting. I think that's an awesome dance. Well written. I respect the guys for, you know, doing it in an event, throwing the music, getting together, and they've come up, come up with, a, with, a, with a great sort of attitude dance. Uh, so I, I would pick, yeah, Globetrotting. Globetrotting. 
right or, now. I could promote any amount of different people and things, but that's the one that comes to mind first of, first of all. Of course, everybody can't do it. It's not easy. So, like, maybe, if, you know, you couldn't tell the improvers that. But, but um, you know, on the easier dance, there's a lovely dance called Clueless from Daniel Whittaker and, um, and Tina Argyle. Clueless. So, Clueless so lovely. and Clueless and Globetrotting, depending on your level. Yeah, All right, thank yeah. you so much, Big Dave, for Cheers. sitting down and chatting. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. See you on the dance floor. Yeah, see you there. Cheers.